I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about season two of Log Horizon, which was your choice this week. It was. And I'm sorry. I, I remember this anime with rose-colored goggles. It was still top tier, but it wasn't uh, wasn't season one. Yeah, no, definitely not season one. So it was uh, 25 episodes long. It aired from October 2014 through March 2015. And the producer for it was NHK with the studio this time of being Dean, D-E-E-N. And it's based off of a light novel. Genres are action, game, adventure, magic, and fantasy. Did they change studios halfway through? No. No, they so you had for the first season one studio and then uh season two was Studio Dean. So you had uh satellite for studio one for the season one and then you had Studio Dean for season two. My main reason for asking is the first half of season two felt like season one. It felt good. It it had purpose, it had trajectory, if you will. And the animation quality was still impressive attention to detail was still top notch after after episode 12 uh i feel like is like i feel like they they wasted all of their effort because the second half of season 12 could literally be summed up in four episodes true in, but i instead I, of the 13 yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the studio. I think it probably has a lot to do with the light novels and how the story actually flows in there. And the writing director I would or episode director is what I would honestly have to say because for Studio Dean, they're they're pretty they're a pretty big powerhouse in terms of uh what have they done? Seven Deadly Sins. They've done oh. uh Fruits Baskets, the original one that came out. Uh, back in 2001, uh, they did Ooh. Vampire Night. They've done When They Cry, and they've done a personal favorite of both yours and mine and several other isekai fans out there, Konosuba <laughs> Season 1 and 2 in the movie. So they have a wide range of art styles and drawing styles. Yeah, they've also done Moroni Kenshin, just to name another one. So they've, really? I mean, they've done both styles of a Ronin Kenshin. So they did the OVA, the four episode OVAs, and then they did the, the animated series. And so in terms of art style and who they draw upon and who they actually use is very wide. It's not, yeah, they're very it's, versatile. Yeah. It's not narrow focused. I mean, like they even worked on a, a fate stay night movie too. So that makes sense. Why the first half was such good quality. Maybe perhaps, um, after the first half of the second season, they allocated resources elsewhere. Like that's the only thing I can think of. Cause there was just, there was a few episodes where I was just like, wow, they, they really just phoned this one in. Yeah. Well, but I mean, again, when I, when I watched it originally, I was, it was a week to week thing. So I, I guess binging, it gives me a different perspective. Yeah. Perspective. 
because watching it week to week was it was awesome. Well, I mean, I could see that. I mean, I mean, like that's probably also why they decided to go with maybe a twelve episode season for season three of Log Horizon because Studio Dean's doing the season three for Log Horizon. Okay, I can see that. Twelve good episodes to me is worth twenty four mediocre ones. What do you you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I would honestly have to agree with you. I mean, like 12 really good, solid episodes would mean a lot more than just 25 eh kind of episodes. Because if they're eh, I feel like I'm cheated. I, I agree. You feel cheated. And you're like, why did I wait a whole week for this? Exactly. Or wait for all of them to come out for the over the course of several months and then binge it all. And it's like, well... That's just disappointing. <laughs> I just wasted six hours. Exactly. No, so I feel that the story held up. They, they, again, you, you can't attention to detail for the first 12 episodes. And I'm going to keep saying the first 12 because I feel like it should be season two and then season 2.5. If I'm being completely honest. So the Fair first enough. half, it, it, the detail was amazing when it, it, I liked the fact that it maintained every time you'd see something new in at least the game setting, a descriptor would pop up when you were introduced to somebody new, all of their stats popped up, who they were, what race they were, what their class and on occasion, what their subclass was. Um, just, just, I liked that it was unique and it made me feel like if I paused it, Everywhere I looked had uh, had something else to look at. It looked like I'm going to correct myself. It looked like it was meant to be paused. It looked like it was meant to be read. True. Um, I I can understand like between throughout the season. Honestly, the artwork was different from season one. How it looked was very different from season one. Uh, The art consistency through season two was on the level. It at least it had the same artwork all the way through the only time where they actually had a very unique or specific style change was when they were doing the flashbacks to their real world lives. And at that point, that's when they really tried to go with a more realistic approach. So the eyes weren't very big. They were more, more realistic in terms of the hairstyle was more realistic yeah. the 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 look and feel of them what it was more realistic and then when you saw like uh take a for instance you have a shiro or not even shiro mm-hmm. we'll go with uh someone that you actually really see the face of for their age tora right you see him like you actually see his face and it is a very big contrast from how it is in the game world in the game world, they have these big, wonderful eyes. They're they're, they're colorful. Their hair is like spiking and everywhere. Whereas of in, and it's big hair too. Whereas of in the real world, mm-hmm. it's short dull. cut. It's dulled. The eyes they're not big. They're 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 as if they were normal eyes. And the artwork really reflects that. And that's something that I actually truly appreciated. They wanted to give you that stark contrast. Here they are. Here it is in the real world comparatively to how they look and are in the fantasy world. Do you remember when you first see, well, you finally get to see, I say that 
like I wanted to, and I never I wanted to see this. But you, when you see them both die, when you see mm-hmm. Akutsuki and Shiro when they die and they go to their um, not afterlife, I'd say the waiting room. I think that's a good way to call it. You don't really know what it is until Shiro goes, "Hey, I think this is the moon." He looks it up, and it 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 is the Sea of Tranquility, but it's in Latin, which was kind of interesting to me. Nothing else was in Latin, well, so I thought that was a bit weird. It it was a little weird, but also he brings up saying that it's the test server, so it's not entirely unusual for the test server for them to have really unique or interesting ways to be able to have things named or spelled out, a different look or feel for it as well. You know now. You did mention something that I find that, that I, I hope is going to be very important moving forward. You said it was the test server. Mm-hmm. There were 13 servers in the game. The 14th server was the test server, which happened to be on the moon. I hope because in the second half of season two, it was a big ordeal, not a big ordeal, a big to do at the very last episode that they were able to talk via a telecommunication center, a TV station to other servers, they were able to talk to the China server. Yep. And when you talk to the China server, the person that's there, I'm not going to say that person's name just yet. They'll be revealed. Um, It makes you realize that you were right. Last episode, we talked about how, I thought it was only in Japan and it was, it was only here in the 30,000 on the Japanese server. And you're like, no, no, I think it's the whole world. You verified you, you, the, you, you, you were right. No, you didn't verify, but the story verified itself. It's worldwide. Mm -hmm. The only difference between Japan and the rest of the world would be that Japan is the only one that had the update. Well, it had the update first. It was the first one, oh. and that's something that that uh, that's actually really brought upon, which is why there's a group of people heading to the Japanese server because they specifically state Japan was the first one to get the update because it happened at this time at midnight on this date, and the rest of the world followed suit right after that update. Mm, okay, but yeah, no, I, I was really happy that, and I it didn't occur to me until I was like done with these series, and I'm like, you know. Wait a second. <laughs> Crap, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is one of the few times I was not upset about being wrong. I, I was very happy to be wrong because that just opens up a whole new plethora of ideas that we never really thought of. And with 13 ep- thirteen different servers, um, you got to figure there's 24 time zones. 26, I think, actual time zones, but you got to figure it's it's roughly 24 because one rotation is 24. If there's 13, imagine if all of China was one, all of Europe was one, the United States was four, let's say, for some weird reason. That means you could potentially have time zones or servers dedicated to just ocean. Yeah. Or better yet, you could have time zones dedicated to... Um, things that aren't real for instance let's say you had a a a server dedicated to like atlantis yeah but they it's the servers aren't based off of the time zones the servers are based off of countries or or particular sections of land which is why they say okay the china server and not the asian server or 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 general 
give a general larger landmass because Japan's part of Asia. So you have you have a point. India server, you probably have a China server, and then a Russia server, and then moving onward, several other ones, and they just group certain countries together in with each other. So they lump U.S. in all one giant server, and they lump probably a majority of Europe in general into one large server. So you have a European server, maybe. Maybe that would make sense. I mean, like how they break it up and everything like that. I think may be relevant in some fashion into the story, but I, I doubt that. So kind of really focusing in on it, I think is just going to lead us down a rabbit hole that neither one of us will ever get answers to. I mean, there is a season three coming out. Like I said, I don't think they're going to talk about the servers and why they di- divided them up or anything like that. I doubt that rabbit hole or not. It did lead me to find something kind of cool out using my critical thinking brain. Science works in this place. It does. Electricity works. Well, yeah. Much like uh, fire and ice. and Yeah, but it, it, in the game before, magic worked and science didn't, right? Because there, no there was no real science-y stuff to do. But they were able to take an existing structure, meaning the, the, the telecommunication building, that was part of the landscape, essentially, and they were able to make it work as a long-range walkie-talkie, for lack of a better word, fr- phrase. That opens up a whole new... Well, that, again, I mean, it, I, I understand what you're saying. I do. Like, the, the fact that they are able to do that, but then that was also confirmed even in Season 1. In, in Season 1, science oh. was confirmed. Boats, ships technology be able to create things that weren't in the game before through their own ingenuity being able to build stoves everything like that and the fact that they actually now have to go through the intensive labor of actually cooking rather than choosing everything from a menu same thing with creating the products they have to now actually manually do that rather than do it through a menu to actually return a decent product to have it be of a substantial weight in terms anyways that that's all already all been confirmed. Yes, but you just said something very important. They had to build it. They had to enact the manual labor to do so. This stuff's already done. This stuff's already just sitting there. That's that's why I was like, oh crap. Yeah, but again, that's also was still confirmed by the fact that they were able to buy a building, go into any building, and actually rebuild into the building for the Log Horizon Guild for Shiro's Guild. Mm, true, but that's enacting their own power to build something. They didn't have to build anything for this to work. For the tower where Shiro was, they did. Oh? Remember? Those three pedestals that were right there weren't always there. That that was actually put there by them. Then why did the one in China have it? The one in China didn't have it. They just had a, a normal terminal and she was banging on it. Konami was banging on it because she thought it looked cool. Like that was the exact phrase. So she's just like, I thought it looked really cool. So I started hitting the buttons and started banging on it to ho- hopefully get some kind of result for Shiro's team. <laughs> wasn't like that. They actually had some other technology from their world integrated in with it. Mm. I'm very, well, see, it goes back to my point though. The existing stuff can technically work. Well, I'm not saying the existing stuff can't work. That was never a question. I, I well, it's not something that I realized. So. Gotcha. Yeah, no the the whole the whole premise for me was 
why they divided it up in 13 servers isn't going to be relevant to the story. True. That's that's what I was saying. It's like dwelling on that isn't important to really focus on because going down that rabbit hole for no reason is on why they decided to divide the servers up the way they did is pointless. The fact they did it and where the 14th, the test server is, I feel like they're going to, that's, that's some kind of relevance. But the fact is what they actually have to do, and this is actually stated at the end too, is that they have to communicate to the moon. And, and that actually, again, refers to them even talking about, hey, we have to try and figure out how to use the communication tower. We have to be able to do this because it's now starting to activate. We've actually been able to get signals. And also in this world, you need to remember that the flavor text that used to just be there for kicks and giggles now is is actually coming to life. Now you have to actually be weary about what you choose because it could have catastrophic effects. For instance, the scythe that Krusty ends up being abducted, abducted by. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, a strong weapon, but it also had an unfortunately demonic, I guess, backstory. Yeah. And no one knew what happened to Krusty. I mean, like basically when it happened, no one knew what had happened to him for the entire duration of the. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't show up again till the very end. Exactly. So, but, I mean, but, you know, who's to say what else is going on? I mean, like, does that also mean, though, the flavor text you choose to put on a weapon when you create it? Does that also have an effect? Yes. Yes, it does. And I'm, I'm saying that. Because in the very first episode, or if not first episode, in the first season, episode, I want to say like 13-ish, Shiro created a contract with a, someone, uh, with a people of the land. That's not flavor text, though. No, it's not. But, but that's a new magic. Or- flavor text and magic aren't the same thing. Correct. If you're creating a new weapon and you would te- you do the flavor text in it, wouldn't that technically be something there? Because I'm playing advocate because I already know the answer is yes. And the reason why I say the answer oh. is yes, it has nothing to do with episode one, because what you're referencing is strictly magic. It's things that he no, one. created in season one. It's something that he created and it affects him because of magic, not because of preordained or pre-built in flavor text. Right. This item will give you wings and and will cause you to see colors in a new view or you'll be colorblind or something, blah, 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 blah. The answer is yes. And the reason why I say the answer is yes is because um, Akutsuki, she is given a sword that's been modified for her specifically. And it has the flavor text on there. So it had some original flavor text on it that would damage the weapons or damage the armor and rust it or anything else. And then it's been modified and the flavor text was actually updated. So that way it would be reflective on her specifically. So does that mean you can go into a weapon if you modify it in any way, shape or form and basically rewrite it? I would assume to an extent. Cause I'm about to see some seriously power uh, overpowered weapons. I, w- I would assume that there's like a limitation on it. So maybe, Maybe only certain individuals or certain classes are able to do it and not everyone can. Much like the uh, you learn about this new uh, skill, the oral arts. Everyone has their own specific oral art and not someone else can use it. So maybe only, th- maybe only she can create flavor text or modify them because that's her oral art. Well, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. 
That would definitely make things a lot more dynamic and interesting for the future. But yeah, no. Um, so I apologize. I've kind of gone mm-hmm. way off topic. <laughs> Just no, as I tend to do, apparently. And what I really thought was good and unique was the fact that the idea that Shiro had to solve their money problem was so out of the box. It didn't even occur to me it was possible. Well, it didn't. And that's yeah, what I no, really it didn't loved. even. Uh... Hmm? occur to anyone else until he actually brought it up to them and the reason why he decides to go about it too and the actual reason for his whole motivation is actually really really good so at the end of season one you find out that basically this other kingdom has a a adventurers that basically overtook it and the leader of this guild bought all the buildings, bought the guild hall, bought the cathedral where they're able to revive everything like that, where she is basically able to control their literal life. You wouldn't be able to, to, to do anything at all. You're, you're SOL. So Shiro and the round table conference, they all buy up the, the important buildings, the trade, the cathedral and everything else. What I like and what he says, and he doesn't say it until he actually gets to the room where all the money is basically being built or created and funneled into these monsters is that, Hey, I need $80 trillion to literally buy every single piece of land within this country. And I love that his reason for that is because people of the land can't buy it. So why should we be able to buy it? Yeah. That it's not fair. Exactly. And and to to take it one step further, the reason why he wants to buy it, it is because he wants to literally go back and say by dev- by uh, destroying this contract, like he did with the, all the property buildings in their home, gave it back, gave it to to the people of the land. It, it made it instead of a an exclusive that they have the ability to. Because he also said he wasn't against individual contracts. He just didn't want unfair contracts in the world that that I guess made the adventurers have a substantial advantage, which would eventually create animosity. I mean, he's thinking 20 years in the future when if they're still stuck there, they have to live with these people. They have to live with the people of the land. You don't want to start an all out war against basically zombies because no matter how many times you kill adventurers, they keep coming back. They might be a little dumber. They might have forgotten a few things. But, I mean, eventually, the adventurers are going to win. Yeah, that is true. And and the fact that you even bring up zombies is a great reference because Shiro even says it's basically like a zombie horde that does not die coming at you. <laughs> yeah, you'd be scared of them, too. Yeah, it's like you could kill them, but it doesn't matter. And as far as the adventurers go, like right before this... um, I can never pronounce this dude's name. It just Demi, the the, the Wolverine dude, uh, Mr. Delicious. Uh, yeah, Mr. Delicious. Uh, they brought up a really good point because, like we were talking about, the the adventures they keep coming back. They don't really don't. Some care about dying, some don't, some desire it. But one of the things that I thought was really kind of awesome, as far as mentality goes, was Mr. Delicious was looking at Shiro and he's like, "What's my name?" Or no, no, not not what's my name. Say my name. And Shiro finally says a name and he realized he didn't say it at all up until that point. And 
it was remarked a little bit later that, yeah, you can die. Like It's not that big of a deal, and it doesn't hold the same weight as it would in our world. Um, but to not acknowledge someone's name is to basically not even say they're human. Exactly. And that, that's, yeah, intentional or not, it's, it's not necessarily the best way to make friends. It, well, I mean, like, it's not the best way to reference another human. To be fair, he kind of deserved it, given his dickish uh, performance, let's call it. Oh, yeah. No, that's that, that that goes without saying that he he definitely had been a big dick to, to everyone. Um, but he, in the end, ends up really, I want to say, salvaging himself. Yeah, he had a redemption or, arc. Yeah, like, no, thank you. Redemption. We were, I was trying to remember what it was, and I couldn't remember. <laughs> Granted, we were told about his redemption, and we were shown about it much later. But I still think it was it was done really well. Yeah. So no that that is actually very true. It was done tastefully well. Now, as far as well, let's jump back to Shiro talking to whatever the Alda was. Were they called the Alda? Uh, A D L A L D A or something like that. Who? The the merchants, the money be, the money keepers, the kunai or whatever it was. It began with a K. It wasn't a. It wasn't the Alda. Karin. Okay, so you. Yeah. Sorry. So Shiro's part Alda, I think. Alv. He Shiro's part Alv. A L V. Alv. Where am I seeing that? Anyway, I'm <laughs> I'm off my rocker at times, like all of us. Yeah. Right. For some reason, I thought that Shiro and the the bankers essentially shared a race. But apparently not. No, uh, Shiro is half Alv, which is the basically all that's left of this super advanced magical race that was basically exterminated or bred out of existence almost. So you only have halves, <laughs> and that's it. That that brings that that brings me to another interesting thing I was hoping to bring up later. But you, since we're talking about it now, how many knockoffs are in this series? Because you've got Leonardo the ninja rabbit or sorry ninja um frog yeah yeah so i mean that's a clear clear parody or ripoff of teenage mutant ninja turtles oh yeah most definitely i loved it and the alda or uh, alv sorry i don't know why i keep saying alda the alves are a ripoff of elf well you have elves as well i stand corrected i don't know what they're talking about then it's talking about a particular group of people that are there just because <laughs> just, why not maybe they were high elves i don't know i don't know but um going back to that it was genius how the 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 deduction capabilities that he that shiro had because when you look at it there was two powers at play basically you have the adventurers and you have people of the land and he saw like a hidden figure somewhere and he didn't really have any rock solid evidence, but he was going off of a hunch and his hunch just appeared to be right where there's like an elder God race that essentially uh, put the coinage or the, the gold in the other monsters as they're being revived. And the thing that really made me think is whoever wrote the script or the story has a really firm grasp of economics because there was only one currency in the whole kingdom it was gold it wasn't uh there was there was no money changers you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it makes it makes really good sense because as we went back before if you kill six goblins that's good for one night 
and three meals. So how would you dictate which, I guess, monsters were worth what gold? You know, I, I, I would really like to know like how they came to that conclusion too. Like what makes this monster worth this amount of gold, you know? And how come, well, no, I was going to say, how come adventures didn't drop any gold, but they do. Yeah. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was just, it was, it was the world that they created was and is extremely complex and wonderful. Just the detail. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever get over it. And you know how we were talking about how Shiro created magic and then somebody else created magic. Like brand new magic that had never been seen before. World magic, yeah. if you will. The town to the south, the city to the south, that had this fox lady who was a super adept at uh, illusions, I guess would be a good way to put it. I guess. Yeah, I, you really don't understand what her power is. But I apparently Shiro saw her way back in the day when she was a nobody going through some really depressed stuff and helped her out. And now she's completely obsessed with him. And the thing that I don't quite understand is while she runs a dictatorship, she's using and, and learning. She surrounded herself by people who I guess were in the, the, the tea party as well. It was weird. No, I think she just knows him uh, because at the end of season one, she talks about him having made a reference or talked to someone or or had been met him at one point and he gave her some really solid advice or helped her a little bit, but she wasn't a part of the tea party. The debauchery no, no, I mean, tea like party. Her second in command. Oh, well, I know that two of the guys, not so much their second in command, but the two guys, uh, crazy haired samurai and the green haired dude. Yeah. The summoner. Um, yeah, I know that they were a part of it. I don't think the other one was, I don't know. She, she there's a hatred there that I don't understand that I hope is going to be expanded upon in, in season three. But yeah. Did you notice that when they were figuring out relatively safe, I use that word loosely, safe ways to earn experience. Unfortunately, it was using the people of the land as test subjects. When someone yes. wanted like a ghoul or something like that, they were using, instead of their own energy, they were using the people of the land. And like, that's <laughs> horrific. Yeah. And just, I don't, ah, oof. that means that nobody in that kingdom sees the people of the land as real people. Well, it's the thing that's really interesting. It's not just the adventurers that are doing that. It's also people of the land that are doing that to them. Oh, so like uh, the the general or whatever her name was, that that chief was actually fighting on the cha- train. That mm-hmm. wasn't an adventurer. That was a person of the land. Oh, shit. That's that's why the the assassin or the samurai stopped chief from actually killing her because she won't revive. She will actually die. She is an actual person of the land. And some of the other people that that you saw uh, they were all part of it. They, she was also, they were also all, uh, people of the land, not all of them, but a nice chunk of them were, that would be kind of worrisome if you were able to somehow get a bunch of people of the land and just have your own little army of people of the land. Mm-hmm. Imagine like if you had someone like Shiro, who's like, I don't want to kill people of the land cause they don't revive. And then you had these other people who were like, we don't care at all. We're going to use them when we can. Yeah. No kidding. So it, uh, that's a morality fight. Unless maybe they're going to bring back the contract magic. They might bring back the contract magic. That would be interesting to see if they do that. But 
I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're just going to try and focus solely on possibly uh, either the people of the land war with the adventurers or them trying to finally be able to communicate to the moon because that's really the buildup for it is for them to do that, for them to be able to figure out possibly a way to get home or them to bring more people in and be able to go home. You know, that would be my, my assumption. That would be my guess. I get that. But do you remember at the end of season one, when they were talking um, about Shiro was like, yeah, we can send someone somewhere, but we don't know where it is. Referencing maybe being able to send somebody back home. Maybe he was talking to the Fox lady and she was like, you found a way home. And he goes, I don't know where it is. I just know that people aren't coming back. They never expanded on that. So maybe they'll do a throwback. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I can only hope. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, 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 oh. We teased it earlier. We never really said it. Um, the leader of the tea party's back in the game. Konami. Yeah, I actually referenced that name. You did, yes. But I, I, there was no real context. Gravitas behind it. Yeah. Yeah, she's back in the game, but she's in the China server. She was in the Rome server, and she's making her way to Shiro, for lack of a better term. And I think it's really funny that the dynamic between the two, because she calls Shiro her bus or tour bus guide, her bus driver, bus guide. Which one was it? Bus guide. Bus guide. And that, for some reason, sends a shiver down his spine. Well, it's not that it really sent a shiver down his spine. He was like, bus guide? Really? Like, <laughs> come on. And then also at that point in time, too, you know, that's since it's the last episode when Shiro and Konami are actually talking, uh, you also find out where Krusty actually is. Yeah, that was a shock and a half. Krusty is in China with Konami with an arm. Yeah, well, it's the arm of uh, the captain or not the captain, his number two. Yeah, but that leads a whole other thing. Like, imagine if you wanted to torture someone, you can make. You can have that that uh, that scythe and have somebody's half of a body in that circle. The, the the wound did not regenerate. Yeah, it didn't. But it would be hard to use that as a torture device. True. You you would have to write flavor code yourself, like we were talking about before. Yeah. But still, the the oh, the options laid before us are immense. True. But yeah, no. Um, I think it'll be really awesome. I think it's going to be really awesome the the options before us because we really don't know who the bad guy is anymore no we don't we have a bunch of i'm not going to call them neutral parties but we have a bunch of people who could potentially have the same goal they'll just have different ways of doing it and i I do agree with you i think contacting the moon will be a very big motivating factor my only curiosity is do you think they're going to try to kill themselves to get to the moon because we saw that that's what happened before. No, because they're going to find out a different way to be able to communicate to the moon. It's not so much get to the moon. It's communicate to the moon, bro. We verified science works in this world, right? Yes. Rocket science. They can fly to the moon. True. True. But that again, uh, brings up what was already brought up to Shiro. The cost is ungodly and they don't have the means to be able to do something like that. Yeah, that's true. I feel like we have more questions than we do answers after season two. Indeed. But what really sucks is in the latter half of season two, it's a lot of filler. And it just, it kind of left me with more questions and kind of a bad taste in my mouth a little bit. Also, Miss uh, Isuzu, 
mm-hmm. is a really bad singer. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about the trap. The idol. Yeah. That turned out to be a boy. That's fine. Talk about it. Oh, God. I mean, like, it's basically known to everyone, but uh, Nagas now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the main person that it's in. So you find this idol and... I don't know if you knew, but like within the first five minutes, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly where this is going. I know what trope this is. Um, So you've got this idol who is very girly and very just straight up. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm the hottest thing ever. I'm the best thing ever. Not even saying that they're a girl. They're just saying they're the uh, they're a uh, starlet there and then asking if he wants to see the panties. Never, never once did they say gender. And in fact, when. Tao and Rudy's ask how they should refer to said individual. She or they simply state their name. Refer to me as my yeah. name. Like yeah. So it was hilarious. Like there's a love triangle here that's gonna just blow up one day. That's gonna be beautiful. We so, love it. Before we get <laughs> on to the rankings, before we get on to 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 the rank, I just mm-hmm. want to say one thing. Did you yes, at sir. all at any point in time decide to just check out the, the dubs? <sighs> Unfortunately. Good. I'm glad you took my, my word of advice. I in the Discord had said that the dubs were very, very bad. They were bad. There, there's like no, oh. no way around how bad it was. And in fact, the dialogue was so different <laughs> between the subs and the hey. dubs. It was bad. Um, and instead of Nyanta being how he normally is, he liked to refer to everyone as baby a lot. Yeah. It is. It's on par with Naruto's believe it. Yes. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, that was, that was bad. I watched about eight minutes and then went, Nope, I'm done. If I have to do this the rest of the time, it's not, if it was the first one, the first version I saw, I think I'd be more forgiving, but as it stood, there was no way I could let this, but let, let no just straight no all right if i had to rank it on on that it'd be like a three because there were there are worse ones but no <laughs> yeah no there are some worse ones but there are some far better ones too yeah well speaking of ranking i think uh i think we covered i would say most of it oh yeah so on a scale of up to 10 sir how would you rate this well the first 12 episodes flawless well yeah flawless second 12 uh, could have been reduced to the next four. So I think it's probably one of the reasons you and I were talking about that. The the season three is only going to be 12 episodes long mm-hmm. because they had a solid 12 and then just blah. Yeah. Um. You know what? In anticipation for a solid season three and in appreciation of the first half, I'm going to give it an eight. Going to give it an eight. I'm pretty sure it's higher than yours, but I feel like there were certain areas that if we would, if you were to get a 10 out of season one, which again, hundred percent recommend season two, while not as good by any stretch of the imagination, still had some extremely valuable material information given to you. They expanded more on the, on the idea that this world is evolving with them. Um, yeah. And I think if you were to skip season two entirely, it would give you, it would not be good. I think season two is worth Worth watching. I'm going with the seven. Just one point lower. The reason why I'm going okay. with one point lower is because of the amount of fillers that's in it. And I really didn't like that. Some of the some some of the filler esque style section 
could have been probably compressed down to like maybe three episodes total, if that. Yeah. And and that would be yeah. to cut out all the extra fluff that's really not needed there for it. I mean, I get why they did it. It's for character building for you to really understand what's going on and and to to give you a better sense of um the world that they're in. But I felt like it was not needed. At least not not eight, nine, ten episodes worth. <laughs> yeah. That was a little too much. I agree. Well, my good sir, um, believe next episode is your choice. Do you have any idea? I do. Uh, how about fireworks? We're going to do a movie. Okay. I've heard good things about it. I've heard mixed about it. I'm kind of interested to see. I've heard some people say they loved it. I've heard some people say they haven't loved it. <laughs> so they loved it. And then they just didn't, uh, didn't reply. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to hurt my feelings. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Hope you enjoyed this week's choice. Uh, I know that both uh, Rick and I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. We've also had some pretty interesting discussions, even outside of this, even outside of Discord. So maybe we'll start doing that and giving a little bit of maybe doing some extra content here in the future. Not sure. We do have some plans for for the future, though. I uh, will probably talk a little bit about that in our Discord. Um, but if you want to reach us for right now, you can reach out to us, Featured Anime Podcast at gmail.com, Featured Anime Podcast on Facebook, at Those Anime Guys on Twitter. Also, feel free to join us in our Discord. We're always in there. We're always talking about it. And that's also where I told everyone to check out the dubs for this week's choice. Yeah. Because who doesn't love some Barry White chief, you know? (laughs) And the memes aren't bad either. No, not at all. The memes are actually pretty tasteful too. But if you're, if that's not your bag of tea, that's all right. You know, you don't have to join us, but I do encourage it. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment. Be happy to respond to you on there. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere that you get your podcast from, including on fate on uh, YouTube. It really helps us out, helps us grow. And until next time, I'm Jack. And unless I respond and forget you, I'm Rick. We'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.